What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Michael Woodward, and this is Season 2, Episode 85 of the Jumble Think Podcast. T-10-9-8-7-6-5-4-3-2-1. Welcome to the Jumble Think Podcast, where we interview amazing entrepreneurs who have taken and turned their dreams and ideas into reality. Along the way, they'll share how you can turn your dreams and ideas into reality, too. Our guest on today's episode is Adam Capes. More about Adam in a moment. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, head on over to your favorite place to listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button on the JumbleThink podcast. For iTunes and Apple podcasts, simply go to jumblethink.com slash iTunes. And for Spotify, jumblethink.com slash Spotify. Take you right to the app, right where you can click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the JumbleThink podcast. Now let's jump into today's episode with Adam Capes. Hey there, welcome to the Jumble Think Podcast. My name is Michael Woodward. I am your host. We have an awesome episode lined up for you today. Before we jump in, we want to thank the sponsors for today's episode, Floxy and OpportunityInChina.com. Here is a little bit more about them. Here's a little bit about Floxy. You have a killer idea for the perfect graphic or website but you feel stuck and overwhelmed by the cost and skills it takes to create those ideas. Maybe you lack the time you need to create them. No matter the obstacle, it's time to get that idea created. And our friends over at Floxy can help you create those killer graphics, the perfect website, or even create the copy that's used on your next ad, all at a low cost, starting at $349 per month. Their on-demand, unlimited graphic design, web, and copywriting are backed by a seven-day money-back guarantee for all new accounts. And you'll be working with a dedicated U.S.-based project manager assigned to your account. There are no hidden fees, and billing is month-to-month. So check them out for your next project and for the project after that, too. You can find them at floxy.com, F-L-O-C-K-S-Y.com. Let them know that JumbleThink sent you. And here's a little bit more about our friends over at OpportunityInChina.com. At the dawn of the 19th century, forward-thinking people moved to the commercial centers of Europe. Moving into the 20th century, America welcomed millions into the land of freedom and opportunity. It is now the 21st century. Many of the successes and fortunes of our generations will be made in China. To learn how you can seize opportunity in China, follow the Opportunity in China podcast. The Opportunity in China podcast is available anywhere podcasts are streamed, or you can visit our website at opportunityinchina.com. So today on the podcast, our guest is Adam Capes. Let's learn a little bit more about Adam. We are on with Adam Capes today. Adam has always had a long-standing passion for entrepreneurship, travel, and philanthropy, always a fun word to say, uh, prior to co-founding G2G Collection 
and the Giving Plan Foundation, Adam graduated from Cornell University and launched uh, Jezebel Magazine when he was just 23 years old, one of the fastest growing city publications in the country, which he sold in 2003. As one of the earliest members of Private Escapes, a destination club, Adam identified two problems inside the first generation business models, availability and financial uh, security. This led him to co-found uh, Equity Estates, is that right? That's right. In 2006, the most successful luxury residence fund in the country, raising over $60 million and building a world-class portfolio of vacation homes that is still around and thriving today. In 2012, Adam combined his passion for, for uh, philanthropy with his entrepreneurial drive to start his first social enterprise Gateway, uh, Getaway to Give, G2G, which is one of the fastest growing social entre uh, enterprises in the country. It has also raised over $12 million for charities and is positioned to be a game changer in charitable fundraising in the U.S. Adam, thanks so much for being on with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael. All right. So uh, there's a lot in that bio. Let's talk a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship uh, before we pivot and talk a little bit more about the bigger picture of what you're doing today. So tell us a little bit of that backstory of how you uh, decided to be an entrepreneur, how this journey found you and in the early stages of that journey. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs talk about how they've been doing, you know, running businesses since they came out of the womb, really, like, you know, doing, <laughs> delivering uh, newspapers door to door and starting businesses, little things, selling candy to their friends in elementary school. Right. That wasn't me, actually. I, um, my dad it was an attorney. I, he still is, but not really practicing anymore. He's pretty much retired. And I always um, thought that I was going to be an attorney. I uh, oh, wow. was president of the debate team in high school. I, I loved that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I used to watch shows like LA Law back in the day, and I really thought I was going to go to law school. And um, at Cornell, I was a government major, so I was kind of on that track. And then I worked for a summer in New York City uh, at a patent law firm as an intern and uh, really hated it. Um, it was okay. not for me. Maybe part of it is because patent lawyers have two degrees. They have, most of them have law degrees and engineering degrees, and I'm the farthest thing you can get from an engineer. So, um, that really was just not something that I felt I would be good at or enjoy. And I didn't, I saw a lot of, uh, people trying to make partner working insane hours, writing briefs, just not um, really exercising their creativity. And yeah. I realized that I'm, um, I, I'm more of a visionary and a creative out of the box thinker and that the law was not for me. So um, I ended up in college starting a newspaper. Um, originally it was called the Campus Globe. Um, it was called yeah. the Greek Globe originally, sorry, and then we changed it to the Campus Globe, and it competed with the Daily Sun, which was one of the oldest uh, college dailies in the country, actually founded by Frank wow. Annette 
quite an entrepreneur who started Gannett companies and uh, at Cornell. And uh, I think that's how I kind of stumbled into uh, entrepreneurial, uh, the entrepreneurial lifestyle, if you will. Well, I think that's a good place to, you know, kind of go a little bit deeper here. For you, it sounds like, and for so many entrepreneurs, it seems like the journey is not expected. Uh, you started out by wanting to be a, a lawyer, and you find out that it's not what you want to be, you know, and there, there are those people that go, I've always wanted to be X and they end up being what that job was that they dreamed of when they were a kid. Then they live and do an entire career of that. So there's nothing wrong with that. But for you, that aha moment where you just kind of went, you know what? I'm not really digging what I'm doing. I want to do something a little bit different. And, uh, and, and you, you stumble into creating and becoming an entrepreneur what was that light bulb moment for you like? What was it? And, and how did that start to change your mindset on what you were going to do for the rest of your life? Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I don't think there was one specific light bulb aha moment that I had. I think it was just um, I was really finding that, um, well, first of all, I was in college when I was an intern at this law firm, this patent law firm in New York City. So I I wasn't under the gun to kind of make any career decisions at that time. It wasn't, I think it was after my, um, after my freshman year in college that I, that I there. So I still had three years of trying to figure things out. And um, I, I think I just kind of figured out at that point that I did not want to be a lawyer, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and I, we started this, this newspaper at uh, Cornell, and I really enjoyed that. Um, matter of fact, I think I learned more about business and, uh, you know, life and how to make a living from running the newspaper um, at Cornell than I did from the classes, many of which I uh, I have to say I wasn't always the best in terms of attending because I was running a business kind of on the side. So um, right. I did get my work done and I just uh, I, I was not the best at uh, being present for my classes. And I really learned um, I, in starting Jezebel afterwards, which is a, a magazine that's still around here in Atlanta, uh, I would attribute my experience running the newspaper there with um, a lot of what I learned and, and put to use in running the magazine and what my first job and entrepreneurial venture was out of college. And I did that with a business partner, but both yeah. um, the newspaper at Cornell and the magazine that we launched here in Atlanta, um, where it was both with a, a business partner. So I, I had someone there that was kind of going on the journey with me. That's so good. And we talk about how entrepreneurial endeavors are always best, whether it's a partner or whether it's a community around you, it's the best done when you're working with others. So tell us about how maybe that, that, uh, having that par partner in your business helped you have the sustainability, the, uh, the second voice to really make it something awesome. I think he really, um, my part, my business partner, co-founder of, of both the newspaper and the magazine really helped me, uh, pushed me to 
say, do you really want to go to law school and kind of help me make that decision that that's not what I wanted to do. And when I would always kind of bring a skeptical, um, yeah, but if we do this, we, you know, this could go wrong and kind of a very um, risk averse approach to what we were doing in business. I think he, he kind of helped me. I adopted his ways. So I became much more open to taking calculated risks. And I think that's a big part of what being an entrepreneur is about. Um, you kind of have to be uh, okay taking some risks at some level, whether it's you know, financial risk, your time risk, um, you're, you're risking whether ideas will work or not. So I, I credit um, him with really uh, helping me, opening my eyes to the benefits of risk-taking. I love that. I love that. All right. So somewhere along the line, you go, maybe publishing isn't the journey that you want to continue on. You move into uh, Destination Club that you created. Tell us a little bit about that transition from publishing into uh, real estate and travel and, uh, and these, different, these different programs that you're creating. Well, interestingly, I, I think one of the other things that really is critical to success is failure. And okay. um, I had a failing venture in between those two where I found a company that I, I, I was passionate about because it was um, it kind of merged two areas of, of interest for me. One is private jet travel and the other is golf. So um, okay. I had a company called Jet Golf that was doing private jet trips to golf courses. And this was in the, um, it kind of right after, uh, like in 2000, 2001, that time frame. So right around, um, actually, I'm sorry, it was not that it was, it was after uh, I sold Jezebel in 2003. So it was like 2003 to 2004. Um, but 9-11 was still fairly recent. I was um, obviously in September of 2001. And so after 9-11, I think a lot of people's priorities shifted and they, they kind of stopped spending money on things like private jets. And so our timing was not good and we were very undercapitalized and it, it was just pushing a boulder, too big of a boulder uphill. So um, that venture did not go well. And I think that really helped teach me some lessons about how I need to be a little more conservative and, and making sure that there's a market for whatever I'm doing, how I need to make sure that we've got plenty of, of capital. Um, and that's a lesson I've learned many times too, is uh, that it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much as, as you think it will. Uh, for me, in my experience, it's probably taken four times as long and cost four times as much. Often we hear these stories of, of, of entrepreneurial su- success, but we don't hear the journeys of failure. And I love that you brought that up as part of your story uh, that you um, 
it, it hasn't always been everything that you do turns into instant success and that sometimes things are difficult. Sometimes things don't work out. So for you, how do you navigate those moments where you go, maybe I've made a wrong decision or maybe uh, things are not going the way that you planned or expected? How do you navigate to shift and pivot so that you can turn that loss or failure into a win? Yeah, I think I think you, you said the key uh, word there, which is pivot. And uh, I, I, I remember speaking fairly recently with one of our investors who has been involved in the private equity world for a long time, helped run some multi-billion dollar private equity funds and has invested in many, many small businesses. And he told me that in almost every successful young business, there's a point at which they have to pivot. And what they originally thought was going to be the business model you know, they make a change of, of direction. Um, I don't think you want to be constantly pivoting because I think you've got to kind of find what's working and, and then stick with that and grow that. But um, I, I also think that a lot of businesses fail because the uh, people running them are kind of stubborn on, no, I know this can work the way it is. And they keep doing the same thing that's not working. And ultimately, that leads to um, the demise of the of the business. So, I think pivoting is really important, and um, we we did that at Getaway to Give in a major way about three years ago. We when we started Getaway to Give, we were really a, as you mentioned, I was in the destination club space. That's what I knew, and we were a destination club, um, which is kind of like a for those of your listeners who may not know what a destination club is kind of like a country club of private homes. So people pay some membership fee at equity estates. It was an equity uh, interest. So you actually owned a piece of all the homes uh, in the newer models, including Getaway to Give. Um, it's a much uh, lower investment. Uh, it's actually not an investment. It's a lower membership fee. And um, our properties are, we don't own any properties. They're all leased. So uh, it's giving okay. access to all of these properties uh, to our members. And we wanted, since our name is Getaway to Give and our, our mission uh, at that time and still today is to be the best in the country at helping charities and schools raise money, we were giving away half of our membership fees. So we charged $15,000 to join. We were literally writing $7,500 checks every day, which is very rewarding. And we were writing big checks to lots of organizations, but we were doing it in the hopes that these organizations would um, help us grow and help us find members. And we quickly realized that most charity, most charities and schools are not sales and marketing organizations that are going to really help drive partner programs like ours. So we had to quickly... Yeah pivot and figure out what do we do because we want to help these organizations. That's our mission, but we can't send 50% of our revenue out the door. So we changed to, mm -hmm. we, we, we made that, that pivot to uh, having the $7,500 buy vacations and from us. So packages and donate, we donated those packages and we donated them to uh, charities that they used in their live auctions 
and they would sell the package. Let's say it was a $2,500 trip. That's what it cost the member to buy and donate. The member still got the same tax write-off, so it was no different for them. But the charity, instead of getting a $2,500 check, they get a trip. And they sell that in a live auction. And the first time uh, we tried it, the trip sold more than once for $15,000 each. Wow. So wow. we said, wow, we think wow. there's something wow. here. And I had seen that happen in, in the past at um, equity estates as well. When we would donate trips, they would be the biggest money getter at charity events. So uh, today we are the largest provider of vacation homes and private residences to the nonprofit industry. And we work uh, really on a consignment basis. So there's no risk to the charities. If it doesn't sell, nothing happens. But in most cases, these trips garner 50 to 100% more than the reserve cost and everybody wins. So that was a really important pivot that we had to make. And I think that is critical to uh, being a successful entrepreneur and business person um, is, is being able to identify when things are not working and uh, I think Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So I try not to be insane. So how are you finding purpose in what you do? So Michael, that's pretty easy for, for me with our company because at Getaway to Give, our mission is to be the best in the country at helping charities and schools raise money. So we have a, a, a very purposeful mission to help make a difference uh, for thousands of maybe tens or hundreds of thousands of people um, through raising money for these nonprofits that uh, that are helping make their lives better in some way. Okay, so you're doing a lot right now. You're doing some cool stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, get a way to give more in the second segment, but what's one challenge you're currently working to overcome in the business? So the nonprofit sector um, has been around, you know, probably as I, I think it was really started by the Puritans when they came over. Yeah. Uh, so it, it even predates the founding of the country. And uh, because it's been around for so long, there's just some kind of deeply held um, beliefs that are in that uh, in that sector that make it very different from every other sector in, uh, in the United States and every other industry. Um, I think Dan Pallotta is probably the best at articulating those differences. Um, he has a great TED Talk that talks about some of the challenges with charities. And, and we see that. Uh, one of the ones we see is a lot of them, they just want everything for free. They want everything donated. Mm. Yeah. And we, we believe that um, you kind of get what you pay for. And we, we've um, been able to demonstrate over and over again that we are able to help them raise a lot more money, even though there is an expense when these trips sell, you know, for the charity. But we're helping them raise a lot more money than when they're just getting 100% donated items. But they really have no say in exactly what they're getting or the quality or the service or the ability to sell them multiple times. So, um, you know, that's, that's, gonna, that's a big hurdle 
but there's 1.5 million charities and we're seeing more and more of them that we're working with that are starting to kind of get it. Okay, so you're doing a lot of cool stuff. What's the next big goal that you have for the business? Um, I think uh, the next big goal is we are looking for um, to, to grow our, our membership sales side and get back to selling memberships and growing our community of people who uh, will hopefully donate through us on an annual basis and help us raise even more money for nonprofits. Very so hiring uh, and scaling our membership uh, side of G2G Collection is, is really the next um, big initiative for us. Very, very, very cool. We'll be back with Adam, Adam Capes for our second segment uh, where we go deeper into what they're doing and, and how they're changing mindsets in uh, this space and, and doing really cool stuff. We want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors for today's episode. Here's a little bit more about our friends, Floxy. Once again, we want to thank our friends over at Floxy for sponsoring today's episode. Floxy is doing some really, really cool stuff. Did you ever need a graphic designed, a website developed, or copywritten, but found that the designers and developers were too expensive and often took a long time to get your project completed? Well, Floxy is your answer. Floxy is your unlimited graphic design, web development, and copywriting team. Plans start at $349 per month with no hidden fees, month-to-month billing, and you can cancel at any time. So check them out for your next project and for the project after that at Floxy.com. That's F-L-O-C-K-S-Y.com. And let them know that JumbleThink sent you. Now let's return to the conversation with Adam Capes. We are back with Adam Capes to talk about Getaway to Give, how they're changing philosophies in the charitable space uh, through fundraising and doing some cool stuff. Uh, and, and much bigger, we're going to talk about how they took and turned uh, a, a, a new approach to uh, the problem of getting funds for charity. It's really cool. I know they're big dreamers. They have big ideas. And so always exciting to talk about that. Before we do that, Adam, how can people find and connect with you and get away to give? Yeah, uh, our website is getaway and then the number two give.com. And my email, they can email me, adam.capes, C-A-P-E-S, at getawaytogive.com. Or I'm happy to share my cell phone number for anyone that wants to reach out and have a conversation with me, for any of your listeners, um, 678-637-6980. So, so, so cool. I love when people are accessible even when they're running uh, businesses. Uh, I, I, that's part of our mantra for our business. You are doing cool stuff, uh, which not all businesses get to do exciting things where they're innovating. Tell us a little bit about that 
pivot moment, we were talking a little bit about pivoting the businesses, where you went from an old model that says, hey, you know, buy a vacation, we'll donate a uh, vacation, and you went, hey, this isn't going to work the way we want. Maybe we can work directly with the charities, sell uh, a, a package to them, they auction it, and they're making so much more money than they would have just even through a, a single donated trip. Yeah, I think we realized that there's you know hundreds of thousands of charity events uh, across the country every year, and we really were not tapping into the way they currently work. Yeah. So I think there's things, as I mentioned, that we uh, are, when I talked about the hurdles a minute ago, things that we can do differently that can change the way and kind of disrupt the, the, the way they're currently doing business that will help, uh, ultimately help them raise a lot more money. But we, we, weren't, we didn't go in saying, okay, we're going to totally try and overhaul the whole system of how charities raise money, which one of the big things that they do is they throw parties. Yeah. They have galas, fundraisers. They get a lot of donors, their donors and supporters in a room, and they have a captive audience, and then they raise money. So we recognized when we were just selling memberships and sending checks, we were not doing anything to work with these organizations um, in the way that they're used to. So our pivot was really trying to figure out how do we do business in a way that makes it easy for these organizations to work with us. And, you know, they were always calling us to get donated trips. And we recognize that there are other companies out there that consign trips. So we would love to be able to just donate trips to all, you know, to all of these organizations. We're, we're in over 100 events across the country just this month. We would love to be able to just donate trips to all of them, but we'd go out of business. Right. So we came up with a way that benefits us and benefits them where there's no risk and we can raise typically between ten and $100,000 for a charity. Our record is $118,000. Wow. And that's in a live auction that took about – our items took about three minutes to auction off. Wow. So we netted the organization $118,000 in three minutes. You know, that's crazy to me, uh, just the potential there. And, you know, for there's been a shift over the last couple of years. Maybe it started with Tom's Shoes. Maybe it was before that. But about charity and making sustainable models where there's an incorporation of business with charity – for you, where did that journey of wanting to give back become so significant for what you were doing in the business side of things? Where, where did you go, hey, you know, we can make this a a, a business that does good uh, in our communities, throughout the country, globally, uh, to see it benefit more than just our business but make an impact uh, on a larger scale? I think it started for me when I was really young. I was in like first grade and my best friend got leukemia. Wow. And I wanted to, I saw an ad on television for, I think they called it like a backyard fair mm. where you could throw like a little fair and, and have games and stuff and try and raise money um, to help uh, people with leukemia. And uh, so I said to my parents, hey, I want to do this. And they were very supportive. And 
I have no idea how much I raised. It might have been 10 bucks. Yeah. But I was in first grade, and I felt so good about that, that I was trying to do something to help my friend. Um, and I think that feeling just kind of stuck with me. And throughout my – I've always wanted to make a lot of money, but I've always then thought, okay, well, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And the, the most fulfilling thing that I can think of is – is using it to make a difference and and help other people. I love that. Yeah. That's just such a powerful place to work from because not only are you building a business, not only is it about money, but there's a bigger mission and vision behind what you're trying to create and you're trying to really uh, make it a, a change in society or in whether it's uh, cancer or leukemia uh, whether it's heart disease, being able to come in and see the bigger picture, it, that must drive you even more and make you more passionate about what you're doing than if you were just making the money. The money is great, but it seems like this is what really motivates you. It, it, it does. Um, when we were at, when I was at Equity Estates and we were donating, we would donate some of our management company nights because we couldn't use them all right. to, uh, to charities. Mm. And we thought we were doing it more for business reasons at the time. We thought uh, we would sell a lot of memberships from kind of marketing in at uh, very high end uh, black tie galas. And that didn't work from a business standpoint, but it absolutely worked from a, a, a social standpoint and from a, a philanthropic standpoint. We raised... Uh, I remember we donated a week in our Anguilla property to um, the Samuel Waxman Cancer Foundation in New York City. And they auctioned it off with Delta, I think with some Delta first class tickets. And I thought it would go for five to $10,000. Yeah. And it, it sold for $75,000. Wow. And the person who bought it then donated it back, didn't take the trip. So it was auctioned off the next year and went for $85,000. So we raised $160,000 for cancer research with this property. And I thought, there's something here. I mean, and that certainly that felt good. But I've, Michael, I've never had like one. I'm very fortunate that, you know, I've been touched by cancer and, uh, you know, family members that have had it and things like that. But there's never, there's never been one specific cause that I was like, I'm devoting my life to this one cause yeah. because I will, I go to different charity events. I always have. And I, I'm just, I, I walk away saying I need to help this organization. So in starting getaway to give, um, we're able to help all organizations, you know, and, and I didn't want to, um, be one of those entrepreneurs who spends their whole life making money and then when they're 80, they start giving it away because I didn't want to wait until I'm 80 to enjoy the fruits of that. Right. So, so this, this social enterprise and this business is incredibly fulfilling and uh, has massive purpose because every day we get to help um, really amazing organizations uh, in what they do best, which is putting the money to work. And, and we help them raise more money. Now, I, I want to get into the little bit of the back end of what you do uh, as we go a little bit deeper here. You, you mentioned earlier that you no longer own the properties or anything like that. So how do you uh, partner with property owners or 
or uh, locations. How do you put that part together for your business to find uh, the right properties that you're able to offer trips that people go, I want that? Um, we spend a lot of time in these destinations looking around. Uh, fortunately, um, I'm pretty familiar with them because I, I did that at Equity Estates and I was acquiring properties. So um, I, I know these markets pretty well and you know where we want to be in them. And and then I've, I've been fortunate that a lot of our members have come to me and said, hey, I own a vacation home here. Would you be interested in leasing it? Or I'm looking to purchase the property. If I buy this home, would you lease it? So it's, it's gotten to the point where um, we still go out and look for some, but a lot of them come to us, uh, which is great. That's really, really cool. All right. So uh, how can people, like, what does it look like if an individual comes to you and says, hey, I want to book a trip versus a charity? How does that all work from this, the, the process of engaging with you and, uh, and, and building that relationship? So charities uh, would basically, they can connect with us on our website. They can call me. They can email me. Um, and we have charity fundraising directors throughout the country. We currently have uh, nine charity fundraising directors in most of the major markets in the U.S. And, and they're in charge of you know, the southeast or the northeast or what have you. So depending on where the charity is, um, ours, we call them CFDs for short. Uh, our CFD will work with them to, you know, to see if it's a fit and if we can help them and uh, what the right packages are. On the individual side, we do not just rent our properties out to anyone. Um, we have memberships. So we have three different levels of memberships. Uh, we have a, uh, our standard one is a 15-year membership. We don't charge any annual dues. So it's very different than most destination clubs or any type of club or membership. Um, members pay a one-time fee. They get uh, some travel credit with that. And then they have access to everything we've got at, uh, at much at large savings um, uh, for the next 15 years or for the next three years. Wow. Okay, so you are not just the one and done. You, you're building long-term relationships with, with the charities and individuals that you're working with. Tell us a little bit about how you're cultivating relationships uh, to get the message out. How are you utilizing the charities uh, from the standpoint of helping them support great events uh, and get the message out about what you're doing? And how are you seeing that impact your growth? Well, as I said earlier, there's 1.5 million charities in the country. Which so is crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's not hard for us to find. Well, I, I should say nonprofits. There's, yeah. you know, some of them are, are not charities specifically, but 501c3s, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of them. Um, so it's not hard for us to find them. But the way that we, um, that we, we typically uh, find the right charities that we can help uh, we partner with the top benefit auctioneers mm. in the country. Yeah. Michael, two years ago, I wouldn't, uh, or I guess three years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even known what a benefit auctioneer was. I wouldn't <laughs> have known what that meant. But um, there are 
auctioneers, which is one of the oldest, I think it's the second oldest profession. <laughs> the, uh, there are auctioneers that uh, work specifically with nonprofits to help them raise money at their events. Okay. And they're called benefit auctioneers. Yeah. And so we have partnered with the top benefit auctioneers in the country. And we think that that's one of the three keys to a successful fundraiser. The other two being the right audience and the right items for that audience. So um, we, we don't really help with the audience. That's up to the nonprofit to get the right people in the room. Uh, right people meaning for us, those that can spend typically $5,000 or more on a vacation, um, you know, a, a private vacation home. Uh, but you could have the right audience and the right items. And if you don't have a professional benefit auctioneer, uh, we've seen it go the wrong way. So wow. we've partnered with the top benefit auctioneers in the country and they, uh, they know a lot of the best events and they introduce us to a lot of events and we introduce them to a lot of events. So it's a good, um, it's a good partnership. And that's one of the primary ways that we we find organizations we are having more and more reach out to us and find us um because uh, they're hearing about us from someone at another organization or someone from their board is on another board and um it is really difficult uh it's getting harder and harder for these organizations to compete and to get amazing donated trips and we we, we take away all those headaches so um you know, that's, that's what's fueling our growth, I'd say. Super cool. As we wrap up this segment, I want to make sure that people remember how they can connect with you. What's your website, and uh, can they find you on social channels? Uh, yes, our website is getawaytogive.com. Um, so, again, it's the word getaway, which actually means as a vacation, as a trip, but yeah. it's also a kind of a double entendre because – uh, it, it's kind of, we feel that this is getting a new way to give, mm. you know, by, by getting an amazing vacation experience and helping a charity or a school at the same time. So, uh, getaway and then the number two and then give.com. And we're on all the social channels, um, under G2G experiences. Very, very cool. And we'll have all those links in the episode notes too, so they're super easy to find. You can go right there, click on them, and it'll take you right over. In a, mat uh, in a moment, we'll be back with Adam Capes to do our rapid-fire questions. We are so excited to be partnering with our sponsors for today's episode, OpportunityInChina.com. Here's a little bit more about them. Have you been looking for a way to change your career or social prospects? Do you see the world around you changing and haven't quite figured out what path to take? Well, you are not alone in seeking opportunity. Visit opportunityinchina.com for access to scholarships to attend university in China, or if you have a bachelor's degree already, opportunityinchina.com provides access to jobs in the educational sector all across China. Working in China is not only often well-paid, but it will place you among one-fifth of the world's population, boosting your social network, bringing you more deeply into the story of globalization, and opening doors you never knew existed. So seize your opportunity now. Visit their website at opportunityinchina.com. By the way, they have a great podcast too. Just simply search for Opportunity in China wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you check it out. 
Now let's join rapid fire questions with today's guest, Adam Capes. We are back with Adam and we're going into rapid fire questions. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first question is, what is one tip you'd give someone with a big idea or dream and they don't know where to start? Start anywhere, no matter how small it is. Any small, um, any small action to get that dream going. That could be a conversation with someone who knows more about uh, what you're trying to do than you do. It could be buying a book uh, that's going to inspire you or teach you something about that. Uh, any small action, you know, it, it's uh, climbing a mountain begins with the first step, and that's really <laughs> what you're doing. Right. What is one change you'd like to see in the world? I'd like to see um, people embrace contribution mm -hmm. in a bigger way. I think yeah. it's one of the three keys to lasting happiness, the others being relationships and personal growth. And I think, uh, you know, right. A annually in the United States, giving has been stuck at about 2% of GDP for the last 50 years. Wow. And if we could bump that up to 3%, it would change, it would make such an, a massive difference in so many people's lives in this country and, and really around the world. Um, so uh, just contribution. I'd like to see more people embrace contribution because uh, there's so much fulfillment and joy in it besides it being the right thing to do. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, that I made a difference, that I, I really helped a lot of people, um, that I inspired them to be better, to do more, to help others, and that, that I helped others, that I, I, I gave as much as I could give. That, that would be my ultimate legacy. Where do you find inspiration? Everywhere. I find it from uh, family members, friends, uh, books, podcasts, videos. Um, I seek it out. What is one book you think every dreamer or entrepreneur should read and why? It's funny you said why. Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Oh, okay. Uh, that, helped, book. that helped inspire me to start Getaway to Give. And, uh, I think that he is spot on in terms of really getting to your ultimate why or purpose. Um, so I, I think that's a phenomenal book. Yeah. Great book. Great book. Okay. So we always have a wild card question. This is the wild card question for today. What is one trend you are currently excited about? One trend. Um, I would say it's a, a consistent trend. Um, well, you know what? I was going to say uh, social enterprise, but I yeah. would I would say volunteerism. Oh, okay. Go, going on vacations and spending time in the, the local community, volunteering and making a difference while you're on your vacation. I love that. I think that is an incredible thing, and I love that you brought that up. I love that. What is one habit you find helpful in your life as an entrepreneur? One habit. I've, I've gotten recently into the habit of kind of having a morning routine that includes um, working out. Okay. That's been very helpful for me to start my day that way. Well, speaking of starting your day, how do you start and finish your day? 
I try and start my day every day with um, uh, working out, um, writing down my my goals, mm. and um, meditation. Okay. And if I finish my day, you mean like at the end of the workday or uh, at the end of the night before I go to bed? It is purposely left open to let you interpret that. So whatever you'd like to share. Hmm. I would say um, I, I try to uh, have positive thoughts while I'm my head's on the pillow before I fall asleep instead of uh, marinating in negativity for seven or eight hours. Yeah. If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, probably... Uh, investing in other startups and social enterprises and maybe uh, investing in um, movies and uh, musicals. Those are, that's something I want to do in the future. Um, and uh, if I wasn't doing this right now, I probably would be doing that. I love that. That's a lot of fun. And the final rapid fire question is what is one dream you are still wanting to fulfill in your own life? Uh, one dream. I've got a lot of dreams um, and a lot of places that I want to visit. So I would say um, this morning we were talking about some new packages to uh, Kilimanjaro um, in Tanzania and Mount Everest in Nepal. And uh, those are both on my bucket list. Love that. As we wrap up today's episode, we always like to leave our guests have a final thought. What is your final thought for us today? Uh, dream bigger. Uh, There's no dream that is too big. Um, it just takes uh, a lot of uh, commitment and determination and uh, perse perseverance and resiliency. But um, don't let anything get in the way of your dreams. Very cool. Adam, thank you so much for taking time for being on the podcast and sharing really cool stuff you're doing through Get Away to Give. I uh, love what you're creating. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. We want to thank once again our guest, Adam Capes, for taking time out and being on the podcast today. You can learn more about him and also find the helpful links to connect in the episode notes. We also want to thank our sponsors for today's episode, OpportunityInChina.com and Floxy. They are doing some really cool stuff, so I want to encourage you, make sure you check out what they're doing and connect with them, too. As we wrap up today's episode, it's your turn. If you have dreams and ideas that are burning inside you, there's never a better time to start than today. It doesn't take a big leap to make your dreams and ideas happen. It takes a bunch of small steps, little movements, to make the, the journey so much easier to get those dreams and ideas to reality. So take the first step today. Begin the journey of chasing your dreams and ideas and changing the world around you. Même en travaillant.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.